Hey, it's one thing to start the job. It's very different to finish the job. And Patrick Sandoval just couldn't do that on Tuesday night against the Mariners. He couldn't shut the door. So we're going to ask Johnny how he feels about Sandoval's regression because John really likes him. He's been a fan for a long time. Hey, it's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. My name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Oh wait, uh, Mike. Do you do you hear that? That's no. the uh, that's the sound of all the Mariners fans coming to our comments <laughs> today because they won a game against the Salt Lake Bees. Uh, they weren't anywhere to be found yesterday, but I'm sure they'll all be here today, sure. rubbing it in our face. Sure. Eight nothing. Angels lost. All I get it. Poverty franchise. Poverty how they, franchise. How they shut us down. Hey guys, it's been it's been pretty crappy for ten years. It wasn't you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was Artie. <laughs> it's not you. It's me, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, we're gonna be recapping every game of this series, including today's game. But first, on today's show, hey, we're gonna talk about Mike Mustakis, how much he has been a contributor to this team. I know he had a he did leave the game last night with a little bit of a wrist problem, but other than that, he's been great. Uh, on the field and in the dugout, Mike. Yeah. And also, we're going to be talking about Jared Walsh. Remember him? He's been <laughs> down in AAA for most of the season, um, still trying to get his timing back, his swing back. Word is he's been doing pretty good, but we're going to have a conversation of how both those guys fit into the plans for next season. But let's first talk about that game against the Mariners last night. Angels lose eight to nothing what the heck happened yeah it was a lot of runs in the first inning for the mariners again and the angels couldn't overcome that mariners scored three in the bottom of the first and stop me johnny uh if i sound like a broken record they scored these three runs with two outs all with two outs in fact seven of the eight runs last night's game or like two weeks ago or three weeks ago (laughs) yeah it sounds like it's every game right yeah seven of the eight runs were scored with two outs. And who was on the mound, Michael? It was Patrick Sandoval, Johnny. (laughs) It just seems like this guy can't catch a break, right? Uh, And and here's the thing that I thought was a really interesting stat. So all of those runs in the first inning were unearned because of an error by Moustakas when he was in the game. And Jeff Fletcher tweeted this out. Sandy has allowed 19 unearned runs this season. So he leads the major league. So it's kind of a... Uh, I guess the phrasing of that is inappropriate. It's not that he allowed it. It was an unearned run that took place because something happened behind him, right? Hey, I, I got a concept for you. Don't give up hits if there's somebody <laughs> on base. Yeah. You got the first two outs. Get the last out, Bozo. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Now, they would have scored a fourth run in the bottom of the first, but uh, there was a great relay from Gridchuck to Neto to Ohapi that got Ty France out at home. And this is just another example, John, that we've talked about on the pod where Sandy, he gets rattled and yeah. he just can't recover. No. He just really can't recover. And he looks very rattled in this game. And I mentioned it a couple of times uh, on a few episodes where he's moving around a lot. He's very fidgety on yeah. the mound. And he's it, that just isn't something that I think I've seen before. I don't mm-hmm. know. Have you seen him do that this I mean, He's not this year, but have you seen him do that prior to this year? 
I mean, a, a little bit, but it does seem like it's worse this season for sure. I mean, yeah. and, and obviously it's affecting him the way that it has. And the guy just can't settle down out there. And one thing goes wrong and it's like the end of the world, the end of the game for him. Yeah. And it was funny because my wife and I, we were on our way to dinner and I was listening to the radio and I heard the first two outs. And then I heard about, I heard about the air and I went, great. Here, here comes Sandy's going to yeah. get he's not going to be able to close it down and sure enough by the time we parked the mariners were up three nothing right and it's all because sandoval gets so rattled out there it's it's just it's a it's a it's what's the word like it's a habit at this point like it's right. just it's expected like i right i, I full-on went yeah here comes three runs that he's going to give up yeah angels uh gave up four more runs or sandoval gave up four more runs in the bottom of the fourth johnny these also came with two outs and on the on the video side the tv side uh it was gooby that actually said like you got to stay focused and mm -hmm. and that's the issue here is that you get two outs and then you relax and you would think that maybe there would be like a moment of learning for patrick mm -hmm. sandoval and even for the other angels it seemed like detmers even he's pitched last two games really well and even before that kenny rosenberg did really really well it would seem like maybe there would be a learning, like, I got to stay focused. I can't relax. I need to make sure that I'm actually getting this guy. But every time he got two outs, the Mariners really jumped on him. And again, it really rattled him. It would, it would, it would seem like it, Mike, it would seem like there would be a learning experience that, you know, the first time it happened, not the yeah. 80th time right. that it's happened this season. Right. So final line for Sandoval, uh, five innings, 10 hits, eight runs, five earned, four Ks. John, I'm a, I'm a Detmers fan. I, I called for him to be called up a, a couple of years ago when we were doing mm -hmm. the Super Halo Brothers pod. Really a fan of him. You went to Detmers' first game. You've always been a Sandoval fan, and I and I was struggling with him. Then I, I came over to your side because he was actually improving. And now it feels like I'm kind of jumping back on the other side again because he's just been really frustrating. How do you, as somebody who's been uh, a big fan of his, been a supporter of his, how do you feel about his regression this year as a fan? It's frustrating in the sense that when he first arrived on the Angels, he struggled. He was not good. And that's why you had your opinion about Patrick Sandoval. But when I watched him pitch, it was like, ah, there's something there. There's yeah. something that he has that's going to make him a successful major league starter. And I still believe that he has it, Mike. I still believe that that's there. In fact, you look at his win-loss record from last season – there's a lot more losses than wins. Yeah. And the issue last season was zero run support. Yep. Now the issue this season is these errors that allow runs to score and he gets rattled and suddenly, you know, his earned run average is four and a half Yeah, because that's just who he's been this season. How do you go from the guy last season who, you know, had a ERA in the threes again, the only reason he was really losing was because he wasn't getting any run support. How do you go from that guy to the guy who pitched in the World Baseball Classic for Team Mexico, making national headlines and media go, oh, who does that guy pitch for again? Yeah. And making yeah. you and I go, that's Patrick Sandoval. We've known about him for a long time, and he's going to be really great this year. How do you go from that to the guy that we have here on September 13th? I think it's the shift and the pitch clock. I think that that has really messed with him, John. Maybe the I think clock, that yeah. I think the clock has messed with him because he's now they went from having the pitches called for him to him calling his own pitches to mm -hmm. I think it's back to now 
having Logan Ohapi call the pitches for him. But I also think the shift has something to do with that. You mentioned yesterday's show about how the Cardinals pitching staff made no adjustments and they have completely fallen apart because they pitched to contact. But give me your pushback. What, what he's do you never, think? He's never been a pitch to contact guy. In fact, the reason why you and I struggled with him last season was because he would have way too many pitches about halfway through a game because he was trying to strike everybody out. And yeah, now that, it's the flip side. That's true. Has, However, don't you think that some of those hits, even last night, would have maybe been outs if there was the shift and, and they were able to move players in yeah, certain I areas? Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's just, I, 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 it feels like his whole strategy has changed this season because he was not, he wasn't that pitch to contact guy. Yeah last year and it doesn't so, feel like he has a strategy to be honest with you he no, looks like he's going uh, uh, out there and crossing his fingers and throwing up a big prayer hopefully right. he can get somebody out but if, if if he's a pitch to contact guy this year after being a swing and miss one of the best change-ups in baseball kind of guy then then who made that call yeah who decided to change him yeah from who he was and maybe you're right because there wasn't a shift or i i should say there wasn't a shift ban in the world baseball classic there wasn't a pitch clock in the world baseball classic. So Sandy got to be more of who he is. So I, maybe you have a point point. definitely the pitch clock. I'm sure that affected him. Yeah. He had one of those slower windups and, and cadences between pitches in all of baseball last year. But again, why do you take a guy from a strikeout guy who's throwing a lot of pitches? That's something that we talked about yesterday with pitch efficiency. Yeah. Why do you change his whole strategy? Like they tried to do with Detmers earlier this season. I just, there, there's no vision. Yep. There's no clarity. The management from the top down, they're just like pushing buttons and turning knobs, Michael, and and none of it's working. And they're and they're you know running the pedals with their feet and they're pulling wires down. It's just none of it makes sense with this baseball team. I yep. don't know how the Angels are a professional baseball organization. Right. And if I'm on the coaching staff, I would be really questioning my ability to coach if this is the results that we're I would getting. go to LinkedIn jobs and put my application in <laughs> yeah. immediately. I mean, quite honestly, like I would be questioning like my ability here. And yet you get you get uh, a victory every once in a while. But as you've mentioned, like uh, a broken clock is twice is one is is right twice a day. There it is. And there it is. And and it would have been better if I actually got it right. But <laughs> I think that that's the case right now with somebody like Matt Wise because he just doesn't seem like he's able to really help this pitching staff at all. And Patrick Sandoval is, I think, the greatest example of the lack of coaching. And they knew that the shift was going to be banned. And it doesn't look like they had a strategy. And if they did mm -hmm. have the strategy, either it wasn't communicated or Patrick Sandoval just doesn't understand it. And if he doesn't understand it, then I think that a lot of that has to do with the coaching. Your job is to communicate. Your job is to help these players know exactly what they need to do in those moments. I get their players, but sometimes the athletic ability gets you to a certain point, and then it's coaching that can help you get over the top. And I think that that's really what it boils down to for Patrick specifically is that he doesn't have the coaches around him that know him and can really help him develop one of the greatest change-ups that we've seen, right? Yeah. Like he, he's not even using that necessarily anymore. And it, and if he is, it's like a meatball pitch when oh, he's up 0-2 and, and there's yeah. two outs. Yeah, exactly. The, the Angels coaches have like a Death Star Lego set that they could build and it would be immaculate. And instead they build like, I don't know, uh, the broken Death Star or something. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it's a just, hoverboard. You have, you have the ability <laughs> What you have the clay, like these guys yeah. have the talent and the tools to be something because they've done it before. 
and somehow your coaching, your direction, and and whatever it is that you think that you do as a coach isn't working. It's yeah. not it's not getting through. It's not yeah. coming through, Michael. Right. So I just I don't understand how the Angels have got here. I, I do understand how the Angels have got here. Already didn't sell. They didn't change the coaching staff. They hired <laughs> an interim manager. That's how we got yeah. here, folks. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know that's neither here nor there. Hey. Uh, so again. Mike Musakis was removed from this game with left wrist soreness. We'll see what the update is there. Tony didn't play for a ninth straight game. They keep yeah. dangling that carrot in front of us. Like, Oh, maybe he'll play tomorrow. Maybe yeah. he'll, uh, maybe he'll be out there. So annoying. It's so annoying. They yeah. just need to be straight and, and do something with Otani. Well, least. and Phil Nevin, yeah. Phil Nevin said, I get the, I get the frustration, but we're just trying to be really cautious and it, we don't believe you. <laughs> like we right. just, none of us believe nobody you. believes you, Phil. I <laughs> no. no. All right, the Angels are back at it at 1.10 Pacific time. They'll get the misery out of the way early. Now, look, the season series, I believe, is on the line here. It's, mm. it's either the Angels can tie it or the Mariners are going to win it. So they'll either split or give the Mariners the season series here. The catch, every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Coming up on Lockdown Angels, let's look at two players and how they can impact 2024. Mike Moustakis and Jared Walsh. We'll talk about both those guys coming right up. Lockdown Angels is brought to you by FanDuel. You can get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 can get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV, which is great because then you can watch your favorite team no matter where you are. And our favorite team, Johnny, is the 49ers, but we're in Southern California, so we always got to watch the Rams or the Chargers, and nobody cares about them. Except this weekend, <laughs> the Rams and the Niners are playing each other, so we get finally to watch, we'll get yeah, to watch we'll it, get right? To watch a Niner game. Hey, now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app's easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the pre the the, the spreads, the player props, and more. And you can visit FanDuel.com/slash/locked-on to download that, and you can kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. Make sure when you go to that website, FanDuel.com. Put in slash locked on because we're going to help you get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. FanDuel is your official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Lockdown Everydayers, join us Friday. Get your questions in for Fan Mail Friday. We got a lot of questions, I'm sure, about what's coming up in the offseason for the Halos, and we'd love to answer all of your questions. Speaking of our Halos, they're back at it. 110 Pacific time today up in Seattle. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on Sirius XM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Johnny, let's talk about Moose. He did leave that game last night with some wrist Moose, soreness. Uh, again, we're just kind of expecting it now with the Angels getting hurt. Moose has been a great leader since they traded for him. In fact, I think yes. that that was probably one of Perry's best trades, yeah. if not maybe the best trade of the season because Moose has really contributed a whole lot on on the field, but also when he's been in the dugout. And we saw him have a great conversation with Kyron Paris after Paris didn't tag up. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I love that about Mike Moustakis. He is going to be 35 next year. There's been a lot of conversation about, hey, should we resign him? Should we bring him back? And all of that conversation, I think, is necessary. You he did just, a deep dive. He just turned 35, so he'll be going into yeah. next season 
35 going on 36 next year. You did a deep dive into the expected numbers versus the results that he's gotten on the field. And the reason why expected numbers are important is they tell us if a player is trending down and, or if he's, you know, outperforming some of those numbers. And so what Moustakis is doing on the field could be deceiving or actually could be exactly what we would want, right? right? So why don't you share some of those numbers with us, his regular numbers and the expected numbers. So I went back and looked, and the last time Moose was an all-star was in 2019, and he had 35 home runs. He bat 254, had a 329 on base, 516 slugging, and wow. an 845 OPS. Then he went to Cincinnati, Mike, and he really struggled. And there's one indication of that that you can really see in the – Uh, The real stats, as I'll call them, versus his expected numbers. So in 2019, his expected batting average, where, you know, according to the uh, the movement of his bat, his swing, and all of that, it was expected to be about 260. And the real batting average in 2019 was 254. So not that far off. Then it trends down from there. In 2020 with the Reds, a 240 expected batting average. The real batting average was 230. In 2021, he had a... 202 expected batting average and he actually hit around 208 that season then last year he had an expected batting average of 195 and he ended up batting about 214 so you could see that both the expected numbers and the actual batting average have been trending down since 2019 however this year he's actually outperforming what's expected of him his expected batting average at this moment is 218 so the the measurements the metrics the analytics they're all saying hey moose is only good to hit about a 218 batting average well he's actually hitting 254 his real batting average as of last night before the game was 254 so he's improved in his expected batting average since being with the reds and then his actual batting average is way better yeah than expected so I think it's important to look at what Moose is doing well. The first indication of regression is strength, honestly, Mm -hmm. Mike. And that's Mm -hmm. why you and I were not concerned about Mike Trout and regression setting in because Mike Trout is hitting the ball harder than he's ever hit before. So all of that is not going away. And it's the same case with Mike Moustakis. The average exit velocity off his bat in 2019 was 89 and a half miles per hour. Okay. In 2021, that went down to 87. In 2022, last year, a little bit better, 87.6. This year, his average exit velo is back up in the 89 miles per hour range. It's a okay. little lower wow. than 2019, but he's hitting 89.1 miles per hour. So much more in line with his last all-star year. You want to look at more strength stats. Here's his hard hit percentage in 2019, 40.8. Then in 2021, it went down to 31.4. He stopped hitting the ball hard as yeah. much as he was in 2019. Now this year, it's back up to 38.6. Not quite the 40.8 of 2019, but he is hitting the ball harder. And that's actually what's been causing him to have success this season. And there's one more metric I want to look at launch angle. Okay. 18 and 20 degrees to be a line drive. Anything below 15 ground ball, anything above 20 
fly ball. Could be a pop out, could be a long fly out, right? In 2019, it averaged 17.4 degrees off his bat. In 2021, it was 19.4. So less straightforward contact, a little more under the ball, a little more upward trajectory. This year, it's closer to 16.9. So that's actually right in between Mm. 15 and 20 and closer to where it was in 2019. So again, his average exit velo is back up after trending downward. The hard hit percentage is back up after trending downward. And this year, the launch angle is right back where it needs to be as opposed to where it was. So saying all that, Mike, what do we make of all of this? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to hear Professor John's thoughts here because these are really great stats. Uh, and, and we obviously love Mike Moustakis. What does this mean, Johnny, for Moose? And what does it potentially mean for the Angels in 2024? I think, to be honest with you, we do have some indications of natural decline. Like, yeah, yeah he's not hitting the ball as hard as he used to. Uh, he's not hitting it. The hard hit percentage is down than where it used to be. That's natural. He's 35 now. He struggled in Cincinnati, but he seemed to get back to more of what he was doing well the last time he was an all-star in 2019, maybe to a lesser extent, not quite that all-star caliber. But I think what we can take, what we can take away here is that Moose, he's not over the hill. He's not done. He's not Hmm. washed, right? Hmm. He's somebody that we could afford to have on this team. He's probably not somebody to be in the game every single day. Not somebody that we want to rely on all season long. Now, having said that, he'd make for a great clubhouse presence. And teams often carry a guy like that. They might not have a lot of value on the field, but they have a lot of value in the clubhouse. And I think what he brings to the clubhouse could be more valuable than what's on the field. And I don't think anybody would argue with the idea that if he's an off the bench guy or a every once in a while kind of starter next season who might fill in at third or first or DH or be a pinch hitter in a big moment. I'd give Moose those moments, but going back to his numbers, he's not somebody you want to rely on all the time, but he would be great to have in the angels clubhouse. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply of chains are very fragile. Things like pandemics and natural disasters and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment that you need. And Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and one of their board certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then they send you your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your Jace order will be filled and mailed to you directly. And not only this, but you can actually send your physician a message for answers to treatment and related questions at any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones, especially during times where the unexpected happens. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case, and you can save up to $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus, throw in an additional $20 by using our promo code Locked on at checkout. All you have to do is go to jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Mike, Jared Walsh is somebody that you and I have been a fan of 
really since he arrived. And then he really arrived in 2020, had an all-star right. season in 2021. Yeah. Struggled, showed glimpses of who he was in 2022, but he really struggled. Come to find out he was dealing with some physical issues and then some mental issues yeah. and neurological stuff. So let's talk about that. Yeah, he was really struggling. And the first thing that really was diagnosed with him was the thoracic outlet syndrome mm -hmm. issue. And actually that's what Steven Strasberg has yeah. been working through, was gonna retire, then something happened, and now he's gonna come back, kind of a mess in Nationals uh, Stadium Land. Nationals organization, <laughs> right? Uh, while she uh, also had COVID and got dizzy and went to a rehab facility that his mom actually found for him yeah. and was trying to get right. So he was batting with dizziness and really couldn't see the ball. And it's amazing that he was even making contact. So once he kind of healed up from that, he did return, but he wasn't himself. And we all saw that. We all experienced that. A lot of calls for like, hey, send him to the minor so he can figure it out. So mm -hmm. they did. And he actually just continued to struggle in the minor leagues. And a part of that is just baseball, right? He had to figure out how to hit again, had to figure yeah. out how to make contact again. And he's actually really improved as the season has progressed. In September, he was batting 267, has a 290 on base percentage, and a 567 slugging percentage. Come on. That's a big improvement from the previous months. He was batting 181, a 352 on base and just a 222 slugging percentage. Johnny, he had a run of a th of three games where he hit a home run in each of those games. The one issue that I did notice is that he does have a lot of Ks, but that comes with the territory of being a power hitter. But he does have the potential to be an impact player for the Halos. I, mm -hmm. I don't think that we need to forget about him. I also love the fact that we have great replacements that have come up, including Sean Awell, who reached base for the 19th straight time yeah. last night. Keep it rolling, baby. <laughs> I think I think Walshy has the potential to be perhaps a great fit, maybe as a backup first baseman or a mm. fourth outfielder, mm -hmm. if he can put all of the pieces together. I just don't think that they should throw him aside and get rid of him. I think that he actually could be a great depth piece for this team. What do you think about Jared Walsh? Man, for somebody who had the 2021 that he did where he got to start every day once they moved on from Albert Pujols, Mike, at one point he was too good to not start right. every day at first base. Right. Yeah, And so it just makes me wonder what the Angels have in him. I'm so glad that he has improved and he's been going on this run that he's been going on the last few weeks. And that just, it, it gives me hope, but then I don't want it to be false hope yeah. because the guy he could have he could easily have a 30 plus home run season if he had a full season of playing time um i i i still wonder if he needs to work out and work through these neurological symptoms and these issues he's been having like his depth perception yeah. was off how is he even making plays at first base and picking things out of the dirt and how is he catching up to the fastball when his depth perception right. is all messed up so I, I would hope this. I would hope that he can find a way to heal from what has been going on with his shoulder. I hope that he can heal from the neurological stuff and get back to who he was. I want to hear Jared Walsh say, I feel like I feel better than I did yeah. before I experienced all this. I yeah. feel better than I did in 2021. I want to hear those words first before he really becomes a factor uh as a part of the angels now yes to your point about possibly fourth outfielder backup first baseman 
Uh, I, I have always thought he could play the outfield. I think that he would stick out there very well, especially with you know your options that you have. I think uh, Walsh is one worth running out there, but he's so good at first base. Right. He's so good defensively over there, and he's a he's a power hitting third baseman. I love Nolan Shawnee. He's not a power guy. That power will come. At the same time, he's kind of your second base type, right? Like he's yeah. he's he's that kind of player. He's that contact guy, and so it, it, it's a it's a good problem to have. It feels like we have a lot of good young talent right now, and they're all trying to find a place to go. I just want to hear the words out of Jared Walsh's mouth that he's okay before he really becomes an important piece to the team in the cup in the next couple of years. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Remember, the Angels do play the Mariners at 110 today, so you can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to catch up with you there. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Sam Blum had a great article on Taylor Ward and gave an update as to where he's at. And what he had to say was actually really inspiring and encouraging. Mm. So we're going to share that with you tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Looking forward to that conversation. Until then, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother, John. Thanks for being here with us, Mike. Uh, I have a note here about single A. What do we What do we got here? Yeah, last night, single A Inland Empire closed out a 3-0 win in game one of the division series thanks to a pitch timer violation by the batters. So hey. they're up one game to nothing. So let's go 66ers. Love Come on. that. We need Love somebody that. winning in this organization, right? No kidding. <laughs> All right, friends. Thanks for being here and we'll see you back here tomorrow.